0: Welcome! You've joined the Sexy Lifestyle with Carol and David. Our show is here to help you achieve better, better love, better sex, and a better, more intimate relationship. Are you ready? Take notes and send us your questions. This is the Sexy Lifestyle. Now, here are your hosts, Carol and David. Hi everyone, I'm Carol.
1: And I'm David. Are you ready to spice up your sex life and live happy, healthy, and always horny?
0: Well, you've come to the right place because that's what the sexy lifestyle is all about. David and I are passionate about making your sex life the best it can be.
1: We sure are, and we love talking about sex and sexuality, sexual pleasure, communication, consent, respect, and relationships. And we hope our discussions open up your dialogue about great sex because...
0: Well, great sex matters, and we all deserve it.
1: We sure do, and today's show is really all about sex and that underworld and the things that you don't always hear about. Um, And we want to ask you, have you ever wondered what goes on at an upscale, exclusive, and secretive sex party? Are you picturing eyes wide shut ambiance with masks and capes or perhaps something from the erotic world of Christian Grey?
0: On today's show, we're going to get behind the scenes and find out exactly what goes on at the exclusive Killing Kittens parties around the
1: world. We sure are. And this is one of those shows where you have to listen right to the end because Emma has all the ins and outs of what's going on. But before we bring her on... We wanna take a moment to tell you about our top waterproof blanket because great sex is messy sex and nobody wants to sleep in the wet spot. But if you're fed up with having to change your sheets every time you have sex, then you need one of our top waterproof blankets. It's 100% waterproof and leak-proof and it guarantees to keep your bed and mattress dry no matter how wet it gets.
0: From messy massage oils or silicone lubes to all sorts of sexy wetness, you just throw it in the washer and dryer and it comes out looking like brand new. And you don't have to leave your house to get one. Simply and safely go to Amazon and order yours today. Search Top Waterproof Blanket. That's T-O-P Waterproof Blanket. Great sex starts now.
1: It sure does and so does today's show. We are Carol and David. This is the Sexy Lifestyle and we are so excited to welcome today's special guest direct from the UK.
0: Emma Sale is one of the UK's leading female entrepreneurs. She made her name launching the global female empowerment brand Killing Kittens in 2005.
1: All right, Emma, you're up. Welcome. It's been a long time. We've Hi. been uh, going back and forth, uh, wanting to have you on our show. Um, I know you're a busy woman. You're a busy mum, and um, it's it's so great to have you here live from London.
2: Thanks. Thanks for having me on. It's very exciting. It sure is,
0: and this world is a little bit different these days because of COVID. Tell us a little bit about how your life, your sex life, your relationships—how things have changed since COVID nineteen started.
2: It's just bollocks. <laughs> 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 in a, in a nutshell. Um, no, I mean, um, well, business business wise, obviously, <laughs> there was a gaping gaping hole um, overnight, and not able to run any of our. We were in Venice, end of February, and then two weeks later, I was out in New York for one there. and then suddenly overnight, it's sort of, see you later, <laughs> yeah. um, stay away from each other, don't touch each other, we're all going to die, um, and so we've, you know, flipped everything virtually, so on that front, we got a massive online community, and we would be doing, you know, weekly kind of virtual, virtual events, and all our educational side of things, and the webinars and workshops are all... You know one or two a week so everything you know we're really busy and uh, on that front um
1: what about you, and you what about you and your husband have you guys yeah, killed each other or say, have you gotten stronger
2: i was about to say personally do you know what we we've got well, we've got three kids under six so um it's been full-on um china and i'm used to traveling every two weeks and I've always I need that space and I need that freedom and so you know my hubby's a little homebody and actually he quite likes just sort of you know being in the same place and um but can't complain we had beautiful weather and we live right in the river so we can get out you know we could get out and swim the whole time and so and between me and hubby do you know what we do yeah we are good we're stronger and because we kind of You get on with it and I think, because I'm used to working from home, I'm used to kind of, my hours are all over the place and it's over the weekends and I've got quite disciplined at being able to switch off the different sides of my brain. So from, you know, the mum, I can be in mum mode, I can be in work mode and I'm quite, yeah, I've got good at switching on the kind of wife mode (laughs) and it's just us. So I'm being selfish, so that kind of, i am being very aware of that. Um so you kind of have to you have to make that extra effort and be, and and
1: being home so time. often because like we travel a week a month as well but being home more often with your husband have you guys been having more sex?
2: No. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, we've got little toddlers and two dogs and it's a standing joke in our family but if my he comes anywhere near me there'll be a child that they just seem to have a real problem with it they if he comes in to try and kiss me there is a child that literally goes one of the girls will go no step <laughs> away daddy step away Or the dogs will just come up between us so it um yeah it's been funny but you just have to grab you just grab the moments you can and right. you do make an effort and when they're lit but what's good is when they are little they go to bed quite early so mm-hmm. actually mm-hmm. you know we kind of have a few hours in the evening, nice. we like our wine. We've got a big hot tub in the garden nice. so we can chill. Um, so, yeah.
0: That's great. And I know you're passionate about physical exercise and you've done some crazy things in your <laughs> history. Tell us a little bit about that side of you.
2: Um, well, I've always loved my sport and um, I did a sports science degree at university and it's always been my outlet. And I grew up a military da- you know, with a military dad and was always off doing crazy outdoor stuff with him and army camps and things and i just it's i've realized that that is my outlet it's what keeps me it's what keeps me sane and i think the more extreme sort of business has become the more i got into more extreme ultra endurance sports because you need to balance it out so um that's just my personality is that kind of just pushing and really pushing to kind of into the fear bubble of doing this, you know, stuff that's just crazy and um maybe a bit of an adrenaline junkie. <laughs> um <laughs> and yeah, so I've just, yeah, in the last fifteen years we've got a big group called the Sisterhood and that's um um loads of girls and we we do loads of crazy sports and races all over the world to raise money for different charities. So everything from um did the Marathon de Sao which is a six days six marathons and seven days across the Sahara wow. desert um we we did the great amazon raft race so that's three days on rafts on the amazon and last year we relay ran from la to vegas wow. um so yeah i just thought i kind of to me it's sort of i don't really want to do that much in england because i see it as a bit of a sightseeing in that you do a crazy race and then you can chill and have a bit of a party in a holiday
1: Afterwards nice um, beautiful nice. now, before we get into talking about your baby, which is killing kittens, not your little babies, but your, <laughs> your your brand, I know you have this passion for female empowerment, especially females within the sex tech industry. Where did that come from? How did that passion arise?
2: Um do you know what? it's always. It's always been there since I was little, and, you know, as mum says, I've just, I was always questioned, 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 drove her mad, and just questioned the status quo, and questioned, you know, that whole, well, that's just how it is, was just never an answer, as far as I was concerned, and it, I think, growing up with we a very military, very military kind of women-know-your-place, dad, um, and I was at all-girls boarding school, for 10 years and grew up in the Middle East and just had it was constant messages there all around me of you can be, you know, as a girl, you can be whatever you want to be. That's what I got taught at school. But then I'd go home and see the way dad treated mom and saw, you know, the way in the Middle East women are treated. So there was, I, I say there's this sort of fire burning in me that was just constantly being stoked and, and it just didn't feel right. And it just, it, it there was a lot of anger and it just, the older I got and then the more sexually aware I became as well and then I was, you know, out in the dating world and out at university and then out um, in the workplace in my early 20s and you think it's going to be all right and then you just, said it's just constant sort of the way you're treated and the way men can do one thing and girls can't and the slut-shaming and the guilt and it just, and then when I, you know, started working And worked in the city and had some sexual harassment issues with guys I worked with. And it was just sort of, it was just very disappointing, (laughs) to be honest. And it kind of, and that fire just kept being um, soaked. And I was doing the, helping with the PR for the big erotica show over here. And again, I just saw um, that it was all businesses run by men who were making a lot of products for women, claiming they knew what women wanted. And the more I saw it and the more I was immersed in this world, um, the more I just thought it added to that, hang on a minute, why aren't women doing, you know, it should be women making things for women when it comes to sex. It should be, why aren't women talking about our sexuality and our desires? Why is this slut shame? Where is this guilt coming from? I just looked in more and more into it and... Um, at the same time, you know, when then launch your own business, you look in on the business side of, of, you know, female founders not getting funded and it just that kind of echo chamber of what I call the stale pale male. Hmm. <laughs> I'm entitled hmm. male. That um, And, yeah, so it's just, you know, and it's still now. It, const- it just gets stoked. It's just constant. Um, you see something else. You hear something else. You get treated in a certain way and it just adds to the, it. yeah, you just constantly kind of drip. Well, it's great. Pouring to- the petrol <laughs> on the fire. We
0: see that attitude, of course, is a great segue into tell us a little bit about your brand. And what is Killing Kittens and how did it come to be?
2: Um, so Killing Kittens, um, I launched it in 2005. Um, I wanted, based on the back of that, you know, that sort of anger, I <laughs> wanting to rebalance. Um, launched it, I wanted to create a world online and offline Um where women were in control of their sexuality they weren't judged they were they had the power they could explore they could be naked they could have sex they could have conversations um in it and the world and the community was about them and they were at the core and so what started as a sort of a monthly party um with a small online forum um chat set up has just sort of grown in the last 15 years um, but that that's that that's the main brand is to give a kind of a sex positive and mainstream the conversation around sex um but it's always had the female voice and um, the women driving it um but men have always been very much included in it um but it's given the control to the to the women
0: and where did this name killing kittens come from
2: um, drunk <laughs> oh, not, but, um, um I was at a wedding in Ibiza and hadn't really slept for three days and it was a very hedonistic wedding um, and someone phoned in she couldn't make the wedding and she phoned out in and was speaking to the groom um, and said, oh, you guys all just sat around killing kittens at the moment and we had this conversation about what is that and... Um, that basically it's cyber slang for every time you masturbate, God kills a kitten. So oh, okay. she was basically just saying, you just all sat around playing with yourselves at the moment. Yeah. And um, <laughs> and I just went, right, that's it. <laughs> I love that as a name. <laughs> I like the two Ks. K is a very powerful letter. So if from day one, it's always, K, it's always been KK. Um, and I just immediately saw KK and I joked, then I said, one day I want to be wearing my own knickers with the, you know, with the KK logo mm-hmm. logo in. And to me, it was a much bigger, you know, from day one, it was like this. I just want to create something that stands for, you know, really strong females in control of their sexual, you know, sexuality. And um, and that, yeah. So that's how it started.
1: Nice. Well, in our great sex matters segment at the end, we're going to talk about our experience because we we did attend the Killing Kittens party in New York City. And I'm going to back up for a second because we have to congratulate you on your 15th anniversary of Killing Kittens, which is happening this year. And I invite everybody to go see Emma's Instagram account, Emma Sale. And she put up some pretty nice pics of herself for the 15th (laughs) anniversary. Very hot and sexy and classy.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I got sucked into that one. <laughs> well, I, I <laughs> think so that kind of photography labeled. is
0: I think that kind of photography is empowering in itself sure. because you get to control yeah. what you want to show and how you feel and it's expressing your sexuality to the world. I think they're they're beautiful and they're fantastic.
2: Thank you. Oh, yeah, I I've I've I've, riped, I've persuaded many of my girlfriends in to do it now because I went I went to have them done for, for me, I didn't even tell my husband I was doing them because the photographer said, can I take everyone really take your pictures? And I was like, bored in lockdown, crawling walls, hadn't traveled anywhere. So I was like, yay, road trip. It's half an hour out the road. <laughs> and, um, um, and yeah, so, but it was just, and I had my four-year-old with me because she had chickenpox. Um, <laughs> she was my little assistant. Um, but she found it fascinating watching mummy being naked, <laughs> having fine. photos taken nice. um, and all the makeup and stuff. Um and it's just you know it's just an amazing experience which you do you do for you. You don't do it for anyone else. And it just so happened it kind of won some of the team and seen the photos and it all we were doing the fifteen year birthday and around stories of members and how they've sort of found themselves and their whole journey and it just and one of the girls said, Well about your journey and you haven't really never really thought about it. I've never really thought about well, what's happened to me in fifteen years. It just, you know, because it's never been about me. You just kind of work and you look around you. And it was only really when I really thought about it and thought, well, how have I changed in 15 years? Well, 15 years ago, I would never have had those photos done to start.
3: Yeah, for sure.
2: <laughs> no chance. <laughs> so, yeah.
1: So, we, so al- we, always, really we always get asked. I mean, we're swingers and we live in the swinger world. We have been for 13 years. And we go to all different types of parties and clubs and um, vacations. And one of the the, the biggest questions that we get asked is, well, if I go to this party, if I go to this this vacation, um, you know, I don't want people knowing that I'm there because this world of sexuality, unfortunately, is still underground, which we believe one day should come above ground. But how do you ensure that people who come to your parties, their identity is kept confidential?
2: Well, we've always we've always been really strict. Like from from day one we've been really strict and had an absolute no no cameras, no phone policy. Um, and we've always had security there and we've had we have girls, kittens, community kittens that are sort of wandering around. Um, and it's very self policing if people see if you know the members are on the lookout. Um, for it as well and we have NDAs so you know you sign a kind of automatic NDA when you join the site you can't come to the parties unless you're a member of the online community and to be a member of that there is an automatic NDA you sign by coming up by becoming a member plus when you attend the full on killing kittens parties you have to then do another NDA at the door um, so um, and you know everyone's usernames aren't necessarily their real names right. and the photo a lot of people make their photos private so you don't have you have the photo when you register so that our team can see it and that you know can vet and you know um, and you know uh, confirm it all but once you're in you can move the photos into private gallery so no one can see um pictures so yeah it's all very kind of
3: very cool.
2: Um, cool. Guarded. <laughs> So why don't you just describe
0: in general what happens at one of these uh, exclusive parties and how is it different from a standard, let's just say, swinger get-together?
1: It, are they considered swinger parties or sex parties?
2: Do you know what? It would be more... If you had to give it a label, it would be more on the sex party mm-hmm. front. Okay. But it's very hard to describe it. Um, um, because, yeah, I wouldn't call it swing because swingers, but because it's not... It's not so much swapping, the swinging, kind of. You know, that's not what is about. And a lot of the people that go there would never say they were swingers. Um, and also, we have a lot of girls that come along, so we might have a party with two hundred and fifty people, of which ninety are single girls mm-hmm. okay. um, that are there. And a lot of the go, and a lot of the couples that are there, it's actually the females in the couple. Which is why they're there because they're bicurious or they're bisexual. So it's very much sort of the females, you know, leading the charge, and it's about and that. So it's quite hard. And then you know, it's the the those are full on parties, be more sex parties because there is sex that goes on. But they a lot of a lot of people that come along don't actually. They might, you know, a lot of the girls will dance around in their underwear, and that's that's all they want to do. They want to have that freedom. There are people that come down and don't take any clothes off they just want the atmosphere and they and meet the like-minded people and be able to have open conversations and but they don't actually do anything at the event so i've always said that sex is a byproduct at the event it's sort of reset the scene and everything and to me that was part of the problem right at the beginning with sex you know you look you watch porn films in brightly lit light and men could watch that and get turned on but to me, it was like, well, actually, sex to women is like the touch, the feel, the smell, the ambience. Our biggest sex organ is our brain, and you know we're complicated creatures. <laughs> and so turn all that on. So even now with all our events, we never think about the sex. We think about the setting and the experience and the immersiveness and the entertainment and and what the venue looks like and decorations and that you know this sex will just happen. Right. Um. So. Yeah, so if you had to, it it would be more more sex party than swingers party, but it's it's hard because it's so intricate mm-hmm. and complicated, which is what women are mm-hmm. when we'll, it comes to sex. We'll, we'll get we're
1: gonna get into the details of what happened to us at your party, but um, what you just said did happen. Is um, Carol and I were there? Carol was sucking my cock. She was giving me a blowjob, and this this single girl came over. And she was in very sexy lingerie. And she just stood there and watched while she played with her tits and played with her pussy. And you can't just go to the coffee shop or a regular club and watch another woman give her husband party. a blowjob. And that was titillating to her. And it was like live porn. And she was just um, having good fun. And we'll tell you a lot more about our, our experience in uh, the third section of, of the show. But it, it is really empowering for women. We saw it there. To just do what they want to do have people at a party understand consent and respect and um if they ask and and if that girl wanted to suck my cock because you know carol was there all she had to do was ask and um it would have been fine and it's it's very it's it's like the swinging lifestyle where the women are in control and are very empowered to do what they want to do and they drive um your parties um definitely represented that female empowerment
2: Good. <laughs> good, yeah, good to know because you don't know because we're so like, kind of London based, and there's obviously been the odd Yeah, the odd hit and miss one outside of the UK where you know you try and do it. Yeah, the way you but you're not there and right. yeah. So, so
0: tell us a little bit about how where are these parties located? We went to New York City. We know there's some in Toronto. Where else are they located?
2: Um. So. All around the UK, so the main, London, we have three big ones a month. We do, we will do the odd one and be, take over a big country houses around the UK um, and over in Ireland. Um, we do regular ones up in Manchester, North of England. Um, we do two big ones in Venice, um, Italy, every year. So we do a big carnival one there on Halloween. Um, and then New York, we're doing. Well, we were. <laughs> we'll go back to. You. We're doing them monthly in New York. Um, and then Sydney, we do every other month. Um, um, so yeah, so those are kind of the main ones. And then we'll do the odd pop up one. Like you know, we've done one in Berlin. We've done a couple in Amsterdam. Um, we've done a couple in LA. Um, we did, yeah, we did a couple in Miami, but it's just it didn't, it just didn't fit. We just felt it just wasn't right. Um, and LA, LA is great, but it's kind of a bit of a minefield, LA, because everyone's trying to, everyone's think wants everyone to think they're all squeaky clean. So it <laughs> right. kind of, yeah, they're not sort of, everyone's this perfect person, um, but then there are animals behind closed doors and it kind of, yeah, you've got to have a bit of New York, yeah, that kind of right trans, yeah, now, kind of gritty get, London, New York type now, places. These are <laughs>
0: exclusives type parties and you have to be invited and you have to be members. But tell us a little bit about the people who are actually there. Like who attends these parties?
2: Um. Do you know, it's a complete mix of people and people often think, Oh, it's, you know, um it's a bunch of really posh people, <laughs> but it's it, um it's all nationalities, all right, very kind of multicultural setup, um, and loads. every party has so many different nationalities in there and different religions. Um but I always say I always say the, the one thing that kind of unites them all is there is this hedonistic kind of mindset. And the the this positivity and this are optimists and they, they're the go getters. They're the ones that basically know you've got one life and you've got to get out there and live it. And they're always looking for new experiences and they're open minded and they just accept people for who they are. And so that's sort of the mindset of the people that come is very similar. Um, but you, when you take yeah, so when you strip away what they look like on the outside and what industry they work in, that seems to be the general mindset. Is there and I always, thought, you know, if I am out and about in town and I, I'll always, if, if I am and there's an event going on, I'll always pop in because I just love the members. It, every time I go, go there, I will have really interesting conversations and meet really cool people and I've made amazing friends from people I've met at these parties and it, they just have that mentality and the energy that comes with them. Yeah, um, I find amazing.
0: Absolutely. We're just going to ask you to hold that thought for a minute because we're going to take a little break. Remind everybody that this is The Sexy Lifestyle. We are Carol and David, and we're talking with Emma Sale, the founder of Killing Kittens, all about pleasure-seeking community and open-minded women. We'll be right back after this.
1: So, you know, people have been asking us what's changed after four years of doing the podcast. Well, a lot has. But to be honest, the orgasm gap still remains a challenge for many couples. You know what I'm talking about, men tend to finish before their female partners. You've heard us talk about Promescent for years. Their urologist developed FDA compliant delay spray can help men last up to 64% longer without loss of sensation.
0: And it's great because Promescent is quickly absorbed into the penis and it doesn't transfer to your partner. And speaking of your partner, I think we can all agree that sometimes women, even when alone, still have challenges around reaching orgasm. So now, Promescent has created a female arousal gel. I love it. It's a clitoral stimulant that she can rub into her clitoris for increased pleasure and a lot more satisfaction during pretty much any type of sexual activity that you can think of.
1: Absolutely. So now they've got Promescent delay spray for him and arousal gel for her. So basically... They're closing the orgasm gap on both sides. And remember to check out their amazing lubes as well.
0: Yeah, trust us. Try these amazing products and you'll thank us later. Seriously, just write to us at ask@carolandavid.com and tell us how it went. So try Promescent today. Just go to the website www.Promescent.com. That's P-R-O-M-E-S-C-E-N-T dot com.
1: Yeah, and now, and especially for a limited time, if you enter Sexy Lifestyle 15, you'll get 15% off every order. And remember, tell your friends too, that's Sexy Lifestyle 15 for 15% off. All right, this is The Sexy Lifestyle. We are Cal and David. Now let's get back to this amazing conversation we're having with Emma Sale from Killing Kittens as we continue our discussions, as we do on most of our shows, about the importance of education, and community
0: and before we get into that Emma, i just want to remind everybody that this is obviously for the last 15 years a very successful platform that you've put together you've uh, been very good at doing what you're doing and putting on these beautiful uh, exclusive parties for people all around the world but tell us a little bit about some of the negative press that you've had around the killing kittens brand
2: (laughs) where to start um do you know what you you know it's 15 years old and uh, yeah, a lot of a lot has changed in those fifteen years, and people are a lot more open now. But there's still, um, you know, th- there still is that judgment. And you know, when I look back at the you know fifteen years is a long time ago, and, it, and things were very different. And um, it, you, you know, was very much any girl that you know had one night stands it was a slut and um, and shamed. And um, so me launching this was you know i had friends and family going what the hell are you doing you know I mean you're embarrassing yourself <laughs> and um so um it just it just there, yeah. and, and also you it was very it's that kind of very very male way of looking at sex as being as very black and white and you know sex is a penis and a vagina and the end point is you know coming and that's it's sort of there was no it was very black and white. It's got a lot more—I call it Fifty Shades—you know—of grey when it comes to sexuality. Um, and and so when media, mainstream media, writes about stuff, it no one could get their head round it. And a lot of time, you had men writing about it. So anything to do with sex, but it was—and it was a female, then you automatically put it in the—that's the, disgusting. The that's exactly yeah. box because mm-hmm. they don't get it and they don't want to get it and they see it very black and white. Um. Whereas now it's a lot, it's way better now. And it's also, you know, we we're written about in business press and, you know, that's the thing. We've raised money in it. You know, it's sort of, you know, we got a government loan this summer (laughs) through COVID and stuff, which kicked off. I mean, to be honest, that was funny because that, I haven't seen that amount of trolling and abuse (laughs) um, since 15 years ago, just just because we managed to get funding, government funding in, in the whole COVID. And you're like, it's business. We pay stupid amounts of tax and VAT, so yeah. <laughs> um, business is business. Exactly. So there's still Yeah, exactly. So there's still but again when you looked when I looked at who was saying it or writing stuff, it was it was male journalists. Mm-hmm. So
3: mm-hmm.
2: um again it's that there is that mindset that it's sex and if it's a female talking about sex and uh you know, it's crass. It's not ladylike, right, and you know,
0: right, exactly. The, the double standards, do you, as we all know.
1: Do you think that
2: yeah, mov- okay.
0: that
1: movies like uh, Fifty Shades of Grey and Game of Thrones and all those shows that are out there now, available for everybody to see, where there's a lot of uh, sexuality and sexual discussion, do you think that's making a little dent in changing what the normal used to be to a new normal where sexuality is is moving up in little steps towards um becoming like you said not as judged and more accepting
2: yeah massively and i think well you know the whole you know post me too with women kind of taking a bit more control and, and coming out on, you know, on, in the professional areas of their life as well and just saying no and, and it's that confidence and having a voice and, and that's, that's the thing. To me, it's like the more people talk about sex, you're normalizing the conversation and the more it's normalized, the more it kind of becomes, well, what's the big deal? It's just, it's, it's kind of like reprogramming, isn't it? Because we're so wired, the, society, the Western world is so wired in a certain way, which religion has a lot to do with (laughs) back in the 17th century um, are that you kind of, you don't know and I don't, that's the thing, it's no man's fault or woman's fault because we don't really know why you're thinking the way you're thinking and when you sit there and actually really dig deep and you're like, well why? Why am I thinking like that? Why am I automatically feeling shame and guilt and it's you know, it's really it's a really difficult one to kind of unpick and start rewiring people and to think in a different way but the more you talk about it um and i think like 50 shades was it was really good i think on a book front is where it was good because what it did as well is it really highlighted that actually you know as i said that with a woman's you know biggest sexual is our brain Mm -hmm. and we need to be turned on mentally and we and with that you could read it and everyone's every person reading it, the picture of the characters is different mm-hmm. in their heads. So you created it in your heads and that's where we're different. It's that a brightly lit porn set isn't going to get it. us yeah. off. Whereas yeah. that, um, so yeah, so that kind of setting the scene and also having, you know, a lot, there's a lot of TV series and stuff out there now where you've got really strong lead female characters and who are well respected despite the fact that they like sex and i think that's why sex in the city was really good as well in the actually the character that came out with a lot of women wanting to be like her was samantha right Mm -hmm. because she and i don't think they expected that the Mm -hmm. producers expected that and actually because you watched it i remember watching it going she's got an amazing career and she's owning it in the bedroom and she's sleeping with women she's sleeping with men she doesn't give a shit it it kind of that was part of my thing behind kk because i it was when that came out and you suddenly watched this group of girls talking about sex toys and the different characters. And the one you kind of I watched and thought that's who I would want to I want to be like um, was Samantha. Yeah. Um, and was so it it- in all of us. Yeah
0: because we're all seeking pleasure and sexual pleasure is just one of those pleasures that is innate to human beings and um, women are no different than men we love our sexual pleasure just as much as that men used to talk more about it than women did I think we are getting there where we're talking more about it our own pleasure and owning our pleasure and that leads to uh, the next step in our discussion which I wanted to talk about is in education so when we talk about pleasure and we learn how to enhance our pleasure how to discover more pleasure and how to give more pleasure that's very very important for society for everybody so tell us a little bit about your educational workshops that KK promotes
2: um so we we started workshops about three years ago and they um we were doing them offline as actual workshops and and everything like really different ones from tantric from tantric massage through to um you know anal play or yeah there's loads of different kind of massage ones but then also confidence um master classes, um and the art of approaching. um for men, we do men's only ones um, and women only ones. So we do create and then sort of be, be the basics of you know introduction to BDSM or kink play and rope work, um, just a complete we do a complete mix. and then fun ones, you know, like I think we're we're doing one in the next um few weeks um, of like a vulva workshop so you get a mold and you have to take the mold of your vulva to kind of get to know it and know all the plate the bits and so it's sort of yeah you have those fun ones um and then you have yeah then you have the kind of more mental health kind of ones on anxiety and and communication um and couple yeah the couple communication and everything so um and we, we're going to start doing ones around sort of um um, ones around menopause and yeah so it's sort of to us it's kind of massively just opening up that conversation and um and edgy and educating because at the end of the day our sexuality drives us so why aren't we learning about it or why aren't we acknowledging it why aren't we working out what makes our absolute inner core tick mm-hmm. um the same way we want to work out what food is good for us, and right. what exercise works best for us, and if we put the same amount of effort and energy into into what makes us tick sexually as we do to get, you know, mindfulness and meditate yeah, and you know absolutely. yoga and everything and all of that, when actually that our our sexual core is is the absolute be all and end all of who we are as people. So and we ignore it most of the time. So mm-hmm. we're basically sleepwalking through life completely unaware of what we could be um and what drives us and, you, and who, pe- uh, you know petrol into a diesel car for your whole life <laughs> i know and
1: right? who teaches your workshops
2: <laughs> um we have so many different so many different people so we um it's not one person we will we're always on the hunt for kind of really good sex educators um and psychologists from you know all over the world so that's actually what's been great Since March and we've moved, you know, everything's all on webinars and virtual now in that we can, we can have some amazing New York sex educators and like Dr. Jess from from Canada, you know, it kind of, uh, yeah. And so I've been having like chats with really cool people like us talking now, you know, actually it's sort of opened up where we, we, we're we using what we think, you know, some of the top people we think in those areas. And it doesn't matter where they are in the world. If you're doing a virtual webinar, then, you know... So you must you be like us, time
0: different. we learn every single week with all the guests we have on our show. Of course, each one of our guests has mm. some type of expertise and we're always learning about different things about sex and sexuality. And of course, that's great because we're trying to give that information to our audience. But tell us about what is your favorite workshop? What would you like to sit in for one hour and learn more
2: about? Do you know what? I, I find the whole, the, the whole, it's not so much kind of the physical side of it i find the psychological side of things really interesting so mine mine would be more the just the communicating the kind of couples of being able to talk to each other and how to bring things up and how to and that because i just think to me that's the most one you know if you've got that in a relationship then you're winning
3: mm-hmm.
2: and that's you know any kind of relationship whether it's a business partner relationship or whether it's a sexual partner relationship so to me, that's, yeah, that, that side of things, um, because once you've got that side of things, I think you can then easily experiment with all the physical right, side right. of things of let's try that and what about that, And whereas I think if you learn, if you went and learned, like, you know, rope play or basics of BDSM, if you haven't actually, how do you then go and communicate it? Right, right, exactly. Or talk about it if yeah. you haven't mastered that side of things, so... So what the, um,
0: one of the things that I like to learn, and I know that uh, it's something I need to learn because I have to a, give better blowjobs. No, not that, baby. I'm I like good, when I'm, you learn that. I'm good at blowjobs. But, I know,
1: but I like when you get oh, better. Yeah. When Taught us. <laughs>
0: can i talk please you can talk okay, she? thank you honey thank you uh so i was just gonna say that i like to be aggressive in bed i like a wham bam thank you ma'am i like getting fucked hard that's my thing so when i slow it down and do sensual touch for me that's that's much harder i have to really step across my boundaries to do that and slow it down and and david loves touch so to me, learning about sensual touch was one of the things that opened my mind to a whole nother world of sexuality that is slow and sensual and, and not if nothing to do with an orgasm. And that's the kind of thing that I found very interesting. Mm-hmm. It just had, I had to like change my mind frame and, and think about it in a different way. So that was always cool. So listen, let's, let's, yeah. let's talk a little bit about your social network. I mean, KK has been around for fifteen years now, and it's growing and growing. I know you have a lot of members. Tell us what you're doing now, especially since COVID has happened and everything's online now.
2: Well, we um, we've got about one hundred eighty thousand members, I think, um, around the world. And we and what happened about just on yeah five years ago? I was looking at all the figures and realized that actually fifty percent of our revenue is coming from the whole online side, um, but yet. I think we were a team of four at the time and we are all really offline people. I mean, I hate technology. Um, <laughs> and I was like, well, you know, how, how has this happened when we've got no one running the, the online side, but yet revenue-wise? And I just thought that was the point when I thought, I've reached, you know, my skill set. <laughs> and I need to get, you know, I need to get people in who know the tech side, and know the digital side. Um, we're going to need to get funding, Um, Me Too had just happened and I thought, you know, we'd been going a decade and I thought we're going to, you know, some Silicon Valley upstart with millions in his bank is going to come flying over the top and claim to own female sexuality. Um, So it was, to me, it was suddenly like go big or go home. Um, And imagine if if people who got hold of the tech and who knows how the digital world works just came in and so um, got, yeah, so Hads, who's our CEO now and sort of partner in crime, came on board like four years ago, and he's a complete ninja, virtual digital guru, the ying to my yang. And um, he and and so we've been building. We spent we just, um a couple of financial raises, and we've spent the last three years building this new online network, um, kind of what we've called sort of the first sort of world's first kind of adult safe for work social network. Mm -hmm. So it's not the porn and the real sex. Um, There's a lot of those out there, the community site. um, um, It's the adult safe for work one. So you've got your Facebook and your LinkedIn and your Instagram and you've got your KK. Um, So it works like a social network. It's kind of Bumble meets Facebook. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a big dating um, element to it and it was always due to launch this summer. Um, so, and at the same time, we spent um, two years building the chat app. So, think Facebook Messenger, the way you get the Facebook app, but you've also got the Facebook Messenger app um, or WhatsApp. So, we've been building that, and that's launched in the last couple of weeks. So, and that kind of latches onto the main site. Um, so, um, yeah, so you just, you're on there, you've got your profiles, you've got your news feeds, you can upload the same way you do for Facebook um, and any social network. Um, and then what we've built as well is this brand platform. So to us, it was like we were noticing, you know, the, how hard it is. Everything, get anything slightly adult, you just get put in the adult box. Mm-hmm. You can't do any of the usual social network kind of marketing, digital marketing. You can't boost or advertise across Facebook or Instagram or anything like that. I mean, you know, we were talking at the start how we we were doing Insta live chats, and they're being censored at the moment. So, it it you know, everything we were finding, so we were like, right, sort it. We'll we'll build our own brand platform and our own advertising platform where all these adult safe-for-work brands, um, you know, you guys to sex toys, lingerie, all the ones that can't advertise the same way other brands can across social media can come onto the platform, have their own pages on there, and then can push out their ads or their posts into people's Feeds, so you can pick, you know, you can say, right, I'm looking for 20 to 30-year-old women in London, push it out, or you guys could go, we were looking, you know, for couples between, you know, 20 and 50, Um, so you'd say you would only be pushed out, and then people can follow your pages as well, so a bit like Facebook, you can choose, you can see what brands or pages there are, and you can choose to follow them so that your feeds would then appear in their timeline, so... Um yeah we've launched all that in the last couple of months and as i said the chat app in the last couple of weeks and in that in that there's like group chats so you can join different groups um and and that's been the big push for the last 3 years so that's kind of yeah that's exciting. exciting that's very exciting um, yeah.
0: and are people using it already is it active
2: yeah cool um massively active and we had a meeting this morning and it's only the app the chat app's only been live two weeks and we've had over ninety thousand messages sent on it already so um yeah which is really exciting that and it has and that's just it should be live in the u.s any minute now because it there's like a time lapse so it went up live in apple in the uk and it's all there so i think yeah it should be it should be there now because they just take the different territories We'll just switch it on um same for australia so i so that's just uk those messages so wow. cool i think the us is live today i think nice but, so, yeah. so so
1: because you're such <laughs> a fan of it and tech um we're gonna ask you about how your parties have changed during the pandemic and i know you've been doing some online you've been using zoom using yeah. zoom there's been orgies um, how has that changed and, and are people receptive to it?
2: Uh, yeah, no, so we, well, you know, overnight we suddenly couldn't do the offline parties. So we, and the first week of lockdown in March, we, we said, right, well, let's try. The main thing for us was our community. So mm-hmm. it was like, we knew you couldn't, you can't claw back the revenue you lose from suddenly stopping all your global events. Um, but to us, we had this big online community, and these big chat groups going on, and we knew a lot of the members are on their own. Um, and it was like, well, we've got to do something. Um, so we started doing the Zoom house parties every Friday. And you know, you know, it's sex. So how do, you, how can you possibly replicate a, part, a sex party by using digital? So. Um, we you know it's a two hour we do two hours we have entertainment we have like icebreaker games they have the same chat group beforehand' gets, and then everyone just sort of can have the private chats and then everyone just sort of gets at it um on the screen so um they've worked yeah they've worked really well and we've done them in different time zones New york and Australia um and girls only ones um and then um yeah done done that and all the education side of things we have been has been happening twice a week the webinars so, so yeah it's been so, going well
1: so let me ask you because it's actually a timed party or a timed orgy is there a countdown clock so as the party ends everybody has to yeah. orgasm all at the same time <laughs> that would be fun
2: <laughs> no you be as we leave them the first hour we have our events team who are hosting and doing the games and chat and then they say, right, well, we're just going to leave you to it for the second hour. So people can just sort of chat amongst themselves <laughs> or pin each other's screens or, um, yeah, so it's sort of, yeah, it's up to them. <laughs> but we cap we, we those, it kind of, we have a, a cap at like 50 screens, so it doesn't get out of control. Yes, I
0: can right, imagine. Right, exactly. Well, this is all such amazing stuff. I just want to take a second now and remind everybody that we are Carol and David from The Sexy Lifestyle, and we're having an amazing discussion with Emma Sale from Killing Kittens. And coming up next is our favorite segment, Great Sex Matters, so stay
1: tuned yeah great sex matters is going to be amazing but first we're going to tell everybody all about hedonism so hito Hedo 2 is in jamaica and it's one of our favorite places on the planet and it's the sexiest place on earth where you can be as mild or as wild as you like and we're so excited to announce that we're going to be escaping winter 2021 yep we're out of here and we're going to be at hito from january fifteenth to march 26th we'll be broadcasting on location probably some of the shows where we can do naked. So we want to invite you to come and join us for a week or even more and possibly even be a guest on one of our podcasts.
0: It's going to feel so good getting back home to Hito from the delicious Jamaican food to the amazing Wardway the entertainment and all those sexy, fun and erotic guests. Join us as we get naked on the beach again. And please visit our website, thesexylifestyle.com to stay informed about all the sexy <coughs> and open-minded events that are happening in your area and around the world
1: absolutely all right this is the sexy lifestyle we are carolyn and david and it is time for our favorite part of the show where we get to talk about great sex because well great sex matters and we
0: all deserve it and you know we love getting down and dirty with our guests talking about their sex life so let's get personal with emma so emma start by telling us a little bit about your sexual evolution growing up uh, and when you discovered great sex i
2: don't know <laughs> i was at all girls boarding school for 10 years so i was a late <laughs> a late starter um yeah all girls born in school and growing up in the middle east so i always say it was sort of the best chastity belt that my dad <laughs> could put on me um so i think to you honest, I went yeah I went into went out to South Africa in my year out between like school and university and then and then hit the sports world of university and out you know out the whole time and you know with all the rugby boys and um so it was sort of do know. It was just kind of a gradual kind of. I was always open-minded. I was always sort of trying, trying new stuff. I definitely wasn't someone. I definitely had that shame and guilt in me to not have one-night stands. So, and it just it seems so. I still need to a friend yesterday. It seems so stupid because when I look back at uni in my early twenties and my in my twenties, as long as you didn't let a penis inside your vagina, then in your head. You knew you felt that that was okay, mm. that actually you were a good girl. So, I gave a lot of blowjobs at university <laughs> because to me that was being a good girl because though I wasn't going all the way, right? So, you do everything, but mm-hmm. you know, and then that made you feel all right and that you were, yeah, it was stupid. Yeah, <laughs>
1: we've been talking about that on the last five or six shows where so many women growing up. Felt this need to suck guys' cocks, and I want—I want to understand why was it not where the guy wanted to lick her pussy?
0: Yeah, absolutely. The opposite was not true, but I guess because they didn't really care, they didn't need to be a good girl for them. They could have sex or do anything. But they as a wanted. woman,
1: wouldn't you say, "Hey, bud, you know, get between my legs and lick my clit"?
0: I don't know, Emma. What do you think? It's not something I did.
2: Well, do you know what? I think the thing is, that, yeah, I think it did. They did, and they try. But then you also have that because you're so self-conscious that you have that, um, I know I had that kind of slightly embarrassment of, like, if they tried to go down there, or they did, I just wouldn't feel comfortable, and I'd think, oh, my God, they think it's disgusting, and it's smelly, and it's, yeah. it's this, so why, and you just kind of then in your head, go, oh, well, but because I'm thinking all this, I'm now not going to come, and it's just so that you kind of wiggle away to get yeah. them away from you, to, yeah. and then you swerve it onto, you know, the sure thing of you giving them a blowjob. Right. It kind of... Yeah, it's that. It's not a case of the guys not wanting to. It's I think a lot of girls wiggle out of it because you're so self-conscious.
0: And I think we've been taught that that's dirty. Don't touch it. It's not nice. It's, you know, like you said, good girls don't do that kind of thing. And so all of yeah. those messages that which were hounded into us from every angle when we were growing up, that we kind of believed that to, to be true. So. I really think that's one of the major reasons that we didn't allow the pleasure to come from that area until we were older and learned
1: more and realized, wow, how stupid is that? Because this feels so awesome. Do you remember (laughs) the first time a guy went down on you? And Do you remember your first orgasm?
2: Do you know what it was? I think it was what we say is a good finger blast thing. I think think it was my first... I think I was about 16. Yeah. I think I was about 16. I wrote diaries, like really full-on diaries. And my hubby now, or we'd only been going out about a month, and he found the box with my diaries in, and he, he just started reading them, and I just didn't, you know what I mean, it's like no one had ever really wanted to read them, or ask for them, or I didn't care, I was like whatever, you know what I mean, and he just started laughing at one point, and because he read out how I was, yeah, literally being fingered and my knees gave way and I'd written it in really great detail <laughs> and i just, just lay on the I remember lying on the sofa with a pillow over my head going stop <laughs> stop reading now oh that's kind of fun um, though so, yeah. <laughs> so so you weren't a very um, promiscuous
1: yeah. child or teenager or 20 type person growing up no and so, so now you've you've gotten into your, your next stage of life and you've created your killing kittens parties um when you first started the parties, did you have sex at the parties?
2: No, and that's the thing because people, um, people there's this assumption that you know a twenty five year old girl launching these parties must be totally out of her mind. In the first, for one, and two, must only been doing, must only be doing it so that she can, you know, um, get naked and have loads of sex. And actually, um, it, you know, I think the opposite was true actually because I think. I think a big part, when I look back, a big part of it was me and me being so insecure and not wanting to be naked in front of anyone that actually was kind of creating a world in my head that I thought the world should be Mm -hmm. and wanting to to, to create, going, well, this is unfair and this isn't right. And how would I want the world to look? And what would I want the world, you know, the world when it comes to females exploring their sexuality to be like? So it was kind of like, you're kind of like a kid with a doll's house where you're kind of making all the rooms look perfect. And I always kind of had this fantasy world in my head of how I thought it should be. And that's what I wanted to create. So, um, it, yeah, to me, it was kind of always looking in on this fantasy world that I was creating to, that I just felt women deserved and should have. Um, so it's kind of quite funny because I'd always say, you know, back then, and, I, you know, I was single on and off in these 15 years, um, but never really had the confidence or do it. And I always joke now, you know, been with James for like eight years and have three kids and now I don't give a shit. So <laughs> <laughs> it kind of, the irony is it's sort of now, but I'd never kind of, I say shit on my own doorstep and get involved in my parties. Cause then, um, um, but we, you know, we've, we have said never say never right. just in general in life. And, and I know as well. And so I'm so secure with, uh, you know, hubby and vice versa that, Actually, if something happened with us when you're out and with an extra person, it was just, it is what it is. It's kind of, I, I know the psychology of sex and actually it's kind of just like bringing a, bil- a dildo into your relationship right. Right. That's what and using yeah. it as a tool. That's you bring another say. person in and yeah. it's, it's not an emotional mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. It's just exploring your sexuality together and having fun. So that, That's how we describe yeah. swinging. But
1: uh, definitely we'll let you know the next uh, Killing Cuttons party we go to and make sure that you and James are there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and why would that be, David?
1: You know, we love <laughs> making new sexy friends and... That's a great segue. Um, before we um, ask Emma and we get to the end of the show to tell her, us about her most memorable um, and erotic killing kittens party, let's talk a little bit about our experience at the killing kittens party we went to in New York, which was absolutely fantastic. Um, it was on uh, the they took over a floor of a hotel. It but was what, an open what I like garden.
0: before everybody before you get into the story of what should happen. I like the fact that it was secretive until the day of. Right, we didn't even know where to go, and actually yeah. we had to say you have to let us know where we should stay in new york so we're close we didn't want to have to take a taxi for four hours to get there (laughs) new york city is very big so we did get the general vicinity so we knew we could take a hotel in that area but it was kind of fun that and it was exciting that we didn't know where the event was going to take place until the day of
1: it was and and so so we get to the party and we're greeted by the hosts and the hostess and it's just spectacular it's very upscale um there's no people wearing jeans yeah. yeah i was on a rooftop everybody was well dressed and we got there early because um, we, we were doing do, our r and d <laughs> and
3: um,
1: we got to meet every single person that came to the party as they came in, as they came in. we
0: kind of were hosts also
1: <laughs> and, we introduced uh, ourselves to everybody <laughs> and it was and and like any any other event we go to there's probably out of you know 100 people there 10 or 15 that you find compatible that you click to and we and we actually saw a couple of people that um, were newbies and they asked us a whole bunch of questions about you know what goes on at parties like this and as the evening went on and the champagne started flowing people started um dancing and and it was very erotic evening it it wasn't you know a sex party where people come in throw off their clothes and everybody was fucking in the middle of the floor it was a very classy event And there was little rooms on the side that you can go to play at. And we decided to invite another couple to go play with us. That was after Carol was sucking my cock and we were getting all warmed up. And we went into this room and we got naked and there was another couple who was in there and they weren't really into swinging, but they found it very titillating having sex on a bed next to another couple having sex on a bed.
0: So kind of that's what their proposal was for us just to have sex side by side. And we we said, sure. You know, that was that was exciting for us, too, because we knew that they were watching and it was their first time and it was very exciting. And we're
1: exhibitionists at heart. So we put on a good show and they put on a good show. <laughs> and in the end, the girls ended up kissing a little bit. Um, and you know you don't have to give it a a name was it swinging or wasn't it swinging it was just a great fun sexy erotic evening Um, everybody had a nice orgasm it's always fun listening to other people come and then you get dressed and you go back to the party and start talking to other people Mm -hmm. and then we ended up playing with another single woman so um, she actually approached us and came to us and said hey you guys and it was just it was just such a nice relaxing environment and um, we can't wait to go back to another one.
2: Yeah, well, we can't wait to be back in New York. It feels—it seems weird. I was there, like, in New York the week New York shut down, when yeah. they suddenly had 14 cases, and it was like, mm-hmm. shit. I was <laughs> like, can I, am I going to be able to get on a plane and fly home? And, yeah, it just seemed, it seems weird. It's a bit like Groundhog Day. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's since. for sure. So we'd <laughs> and, love
0: to hear about one of your favorite, most erotic or favorite place or favorite events itself, but what is your most memorable or favorite KK party? An erotic one um, here.
2: Do you, know, do you know what I think? I mean, my favorite one that we do is Venice Carnival because it just, I like the whole experience and I—and it's Venice and Venice is beautiful and it's, you know, in Carnival, everyone's in full, full costumes, full Venetian costumes and fully masked up in its little alleyways and um, you know, and the and the venues we use out there and we we kinda make it a whole weekend and they um the Friday night we go to an actual Vene you know, some actual Venetian mass ball and then the Saturday night we do a big KK party, but in one of the old palazzos that overlooks the canal and um and that, you know, and that and the when you when you've got that and you've got this kind of, you know, ancient sort of furniture that's sort of, you know, three, four hundred years old these places and um and everyone's fully kind of Venetian master. Um and that and his big four poster of beds. That sort of that, that's, very that, that's sexy. my favorite that's my favourite setting. And you get a lot of really beautiful Italian girls um who are so open because you know they are, you know, a lot of Europeans are very open, especially, you know, Italians and French when it very. comes to their sexuality. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um so that that yeah, that's always kind of well yeah my favourite sort of time time of year um, on that. But we've had it's it's hard to kind of have a favourite because I mean the London the big London mansion parties um, are always great and you always see amazing stuff and you and you know there, we have one you know there's one where I remember three it was London Fashion Week and there were three models and there's had shop and and just watching that I call it like Kodak moments mm-hmm. where you walk into a room and you just you have an image. I can remember it so clearly, um, of of it. That just stays in your mind. Um, so, um, so yeah. But we've had, you know, there, there's been funny ones as well, like police turning up, having to check a party, and coming down the stairs as these two porn stars are walking up the stairs, not wearing anything except stilettos, um, and thinking that these guys were in fancy dress, so had them pinned to the wall oh. of the stairs. Oh. Um and me having to say no, they're real policemen. Yeah. Get off them. Yeah. <laughs> um and they look terrified. <laughs> um but you just know that'll be a story that they're probably down dining out on now. So there's always so that's the thing, there's just there's just always stories. There's always things that yeah.
0: That's wonderful. And so we're coming to the end of our show here. And I know we loved hearing all about those parties. But what we'd like to ask you is if you had advice, how would you tell a first time attendee who wants to come to your party, whether they're a couple or whether they're a single woman, how should they prepare to come to a Killing Kittens party? What should they do?
2: Do you know what I always say? I always say to you've got nothing to lose and you've got to come with an open mind. You, you, know, you know that you can leave at any point um with us where we've we've got you know it's different to a lot of setups is that because we have this big online side to it i always say get into the world get online register become part of the online community get into the chat groups where you can see you can hear and watch the general chat you can ask questions um just to get a feel of it and you can ask questions to all these members that some of them you know have been coming for over a decade um, to what to expect and their advice on coming. So, um, you know, that's a safe way to do it because you can do that from the comfort of your home. And now with the virtual ones, I, you know, say to people, and actually we've seen it massively in that over half the people that come to all of the virtual ones going on at the moment are either newbies or they're people that have been members who have never been brave enough to come to an actual offline party. And they're saying, well, they can do it via their computer, sat in their bed, and they can shut their computer at any point. So it's sort of now um, there's – you don't have to go from naught to 100, you know, instantly. You, yeah. There's so many baby steps. Or come look at the workshops and go, right, should we go and do one of these work- – should we do one of these virtual workshops or webinars together? You know, it's two hours of your life just sat there together. Yeah. And then you can have a good chat about it. And so that's my advice is, like, you can – is baby, baby steps in – but my big bit of advice is you just keep communicating. You've got to keep talking about how you're feeling about all of it. Because cool. um, that's where it will sc- That's where the fuck ups happen. <laughs> <laughs> if you're not on the same wavelength. <laughs> great,
1: great advice, Emma. We could probably talk for hours and hours and we will definitely have you back uh, once um, parties start up again. Yeah. The, new, the, the new normal will start sometime in the near future. Uh, we know there's... A vaccine coming out and things are going to change they're never going to be what they used to be but uh, we will chat again in the near future MSL thank you so much for sharing all this amazing information why don't you take a minute and tell people how they can find Killing Kittens
2: Um, well to be honest with a name like Killing Kittens (laughs) um, there's not not much of a competition when you google us so we will um, yeah we're on we're on Instagram Twitter Facebook, we're on everything, um, and the website's just killingkittens.com. So, yeah, we're very, we're very easy to find.
0: And if you missed any of this information, you just have to go to our website, thesexylifestyle.com, where all of our guests have their own guest page. And of course, MSL will have a guest page there with all her information on how to contact her and how to get onto the Killing Kittens Network. Um, And we're learning more and more every week from all our expert guests, and we hope that you do too.
1: Absolutely.
0: Remember to stay sexy and healthy and follow all the suggested protocols issued by your local health authorities. Uh, Stay home if you can, but always remember to wash your hands, avoid touching your face, and practice social licensing and please wear a mask and of course continue to listen to our show and visit our website thesexylifestyle.com and if you have any questions at all you can send us an email at ask at carolyn
1: well that's it for our show today emma thank you so much for being here
2: thanks for having me <laughs>
1: always a pleasure and we want to thank all our listeners for being there week in and week out
0: and join us again next time for another hour of the sexy lifestyle talking about sex sexuality and all the fun ways to spice up your sex life
1: All right, that's it for today, everyone. Remember, stay safe, and of course, stay sexy. Until next time.